Okay, sweetheart. Welcome to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. I'm your host, Sadia, and this is my mother, Ima. Hey, Ima. Hey, my little sweet. Now, you know I don't like those wife beater t-shirts that you're wearing. <laughs> that's that's fantastic, Ima. I never that's... liked a man in wife beater t-shirts. I, I know. I, I do it out of convenience because that's what I bought, you know, whenever I was shopping for t-shirts. Um, they were on sale. You can't judge a man who... You know, shops well. Um, we were. I remember so we were, one time. Well, I remember one time I came to my piano teacher's um house to get to take a, to take a lesson, and yeah. he, it was the summertime, and so he answers the door in shorts and a white beater T-shirt. <laughs> I yelled. I yelled at him. Just go. I said, "Go back and get dressed." He <laughs> says, "I am dressed." <laughs> oh gosh. Um, yeah. So we were talking earlier. Um, we were just reminiscing a little bit more about the Beatles. Uh -huh. And their first movie, A Hard Day's Night. And in like one scene, Ringo Starr gives a Hitler salute and clicks his heels to an actor portraying a German soldier. Um, and it's just so funny because like you wouldn't see that in today's movies or TV shows. You know, it's just, it's, it's weird because you think like, you know, it happened more recently. Like you wouldn't say a 9-11 joke in 2001. But mm -hmm. like here in the 1960s, it's like, you know, they were devastated in World War II. I think, what was it? Uh, let's do the math here. 15 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. We, mm -hmm, yeah. And um, I remember when I was a kid mm -hmm. uh, for a joke, this is horrible. If we had a teacher or a principal that was like overly strict for a joke, we used to give Hitler salutes oh, behind God. their back. So we had this one Hebrew school principal who was from Germany. Oh, Ima, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Ima. <laughs> he was like, very very strict you know uh, almost <laughs> i mean he was he was almost like i hate to say uh, he was he was like the the, the uh what, what can i say the uh quintessential quintessential yeah quintessential, quintessential quintessential um german soldier whatever you know you very know, strict was, very strong yes theory. right uh -huh. so, the, so the kids used to give Hitler salutes behind his back for a joke. And I told my mother about it. My mother said, oh, no, she goes, please, please don't do that. He, she said he was from a family of Holocaust survivors. Oh, says, please don't do that. Please oh, don't do God. that. <laughs> uh, that was the one. That was the one um, I told you about the music program in Hebrew school. <laughs> oh, wait a second. I'm trying to remember this one. The, he, the, the music. Your father and I laugh about it because... Um, Every now and then I would get a job to do music programs at um, like different Jewish schools and everything. Yeah. And I tried to make it fun. I would, you know, play the piano and sing, get everybody singing and clapping and, you know. And um, we, for our music program, it was right, right before Hanukkah and right before Purim, we would literally be marched into the sanctuary. <laughs> and he would get up on the bima, smoking his, with his cigar. Oh wow, they would yeah, you're right, they would smoke back there. Yeah, day. you bet. Yeah, they smoked everywhere. And um he would pass out these old yellowy song sheets. And you know, with the with Hanukkah songs or Purim mm -hmm. songs, it was Purim time. He would get up on the bima, take his cigar out of his mouth, pick up the song sheet and go, okay, song number one. And we would start singing, and he would go, stop. Then he would go, sing oh, yeah. Oh, Ready? yeah. One, two, three, sing. Jeez, you know, it's so funny because it's like, 
I was reading an article uh, recently that was saying, I think it's like up, I think it's 80% men, fathers nowadays spend 80% more time with their kids now than they did mm-hmm. in the 80s. Mm-hmm. 30% time. It was a mm-hmm. large percentage. Um, and it's so funny because I think, I think, you know, children have, are having more involved parents with more care and more patience. Yes. You know, it's just, absolutely. It's, you yes. wouldn't, you wouldn't catch somebody. I mean, maybe growing up, you know, in the, in the nineties, you know, as a kid, um, there was definitely, there's, there was some stringency here and there. There was like a few, a few teachers were very strict, but most of the time the teachers were like pretty nice, pretty chill and caring, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, it's it's wild that like that we're slowly shifting to a more calm environment. But my question is, if we're going to ha- have our kids in a very soft, calm, relaxing environment, what are they going to do with a situation that requires a more stern approach? Mm. You know, like what? Like I figure it out on their own. <laughs> I, I guess. I guess they'll just have to just suffer and uh-huh. then but then like they won't because the whole point is raising kids is, is to prepare them for the adult world, right? That too though um yes and you want to import, you know values with them as as orthodox jews of course we want to impart terror values to them you know and um human you know which which also includes humanitarian values yes that's what so i remember the rebbe one time talking about um some parent that came to him concerned that his son had become a balchuva and he wanted he he was kind of not he wasn't so happy about it that the son um, decided to switch to a Jewish school and uh, become from. And so the Rebbe asked the parent what was you know, the problem. The parent said, I want him to be a mensch. <laughs> That's funny. And the Rebbe mentioned the story of the Fabring, and he said, and the Rebbe said, listen, he says, Torah is, you know, Torah does emphasize being a mensch. And then that's when the Rebbe spoke to you know, the whole audience of Hasidim saying that it can, he was concerned mm-hmm. about the fact that you have a lot of from people, especially men, that, you know, learn a lot, but he says they don't have Derek Eretz. Yeah. And he was concerned about this, about like, you know, pushing, shoving, uh, bumping into someone, not saying, excuse me, just... Just Derek, just everyday Derek Eretz behavior. And he says, this really reflects on you as a Torah Jew. It, it, it causes such a chalashem. And what's sad is that it hasn't changed. Um, again, I was reading another article talking uh-huh. about the issue of polio vaccines. And they're like, oh in this gosh. county, 60% of the, the community is not vaccinated. And it's causing a whole issue. And I'm like, motherfucker. It turns out that whole county is like uh-huh. somewhere in like monroe or kj it's I, like I i'm like really really you're I, such a hell of a doing what you're doing i've met i've met people who are non-vaxxers and sad to say a lot of them became non-vaxxers because of the um 
what would proved out proved to be the erroneous the correlation at the time um, somebody came out with this correlation between autism and it was vaccinations, one article, and it turned out not to be true, not to be it it's not to be false science. It was all falsified, all yes. falsified. And what's frustrating is there's people in our, my show who are like they mm -hmm. also are anti-vax. I'm like, uh oh, you're That's you're, you're idiots. You are pure raw idiots. And it's like I try mm -hmm. to have a somewhat conversation with them just to like get a feel of what's going on. And mm -hmm. the frustrating thing, and everyone in this, everyone in the entire, I think, United States or in the entire world right now feels this way. You can't have a conversation with someone on the opposite side of your train of thought. Because for some reason, everyone is just stuck in their ways. You can't like discuss things or come to a middle ground. It's all or nothing. It's mm -hmm. it, I think society is going to give at some point. It's going to eventually going to get to a point where it's like they're they're done with this. We're, we have to have some level of, of just back and forth conversation. We have to have mm -hmm. some kind of way of communicating with each other because this is getting ridiculous. It's getting to a point where it's like, it's just yelling and screaming. It's like, I'm right, no, you're, I'm right, no, you're wrong, no, you're wrong, you're a Nazi, no, you're a Nazi. It's like, mm -hmm. just, just I was, stop. I, I was thinking about that the other day, like as far as, um, you know, handling, you know, dealing with people who don't share your point of view and having an exchange of ideas. And I was thinking about that the other day, that very thing. And if you stop to think about it, you, you should not feel threatened just because someone has an idea, is expressing an idea that's different from your point of view. Why, why do you feel threatened? The only reason someone should feel threatened is if their if their if their own belief in their idea is shaky, and yeah. they're afraid, and they're like subconsciously afraid. They're in other words, if they if they're like their sense of being, their sense of who they are as a human being, it's almost like a religion is so tied up in that idea that any challenge to that idea is like a challenge to their very essence as a human being. And that's when they get, you know, like on the defensive and um, name calling and they don't, you know, want, it's a lot of, it's a lot of the times, um, a lot of the talk show, a lot of the conservative talk show hosts have noticed this about your far left people that they do not want an exchange of ideas. That um, a lot of the far left people will resort to, you know, to name calling and uh, saying they're racist or even you know, resort to violence when they're confronted with an idea that differs from them, from their idea. But look at the far right as well has that same issue. The far right has the same issue where they believe in these conspiracy theories and you try to talk to them about these conspiracy theories saying, hey, you're being a, an idiot. Like um, Alex Jones just got, um, just got, uh, <laughs> He, he he lost a, a lawsuit uh, that he has to pay four million dollars to the Sandy Hook um, victims. Oh well, that that was different. Because he's I a freaking moron. That. He was a freaking moron. I mean, to to. But that's and that's my but, point. But, you know, but what was, he but what he did was he did he did was not just an exchange of ideas. 
like a like a, a benign, yeah, but that's my a point i'm trying to say that's yeah. my point i was trying to make yeah right that like you have oh, these people oh. that are just ridiculous saying random things slandering doing whatever and are like determined thinking that they're right or portraying that they're right or whatever they're doing i don't know what it is but it's just like they're they have this this energy and this focus where they're like oh it, uh, mm -hmm. A is B and B is C, whatever. Like I don't like. Yeah, but there, there's a difference between an exchange of, say, ideas and actually, um, calling out a specific, how can I say, a specific incident, or a specific group of people, and actually slamming. No, but that's, that's one of many stupid things he said and done. Uh -huh. Okay, well, you won't be so stupid anymore. I'll be a little poorer now for being so stupid. I don't know. <laughs> He'll quit. He will probably claim that it's a conspiracy against him and that they were just trying to shut him out and keep him quiet. And that's and, and it's something about the deep state, you know, and the problem is those kind of people also have a high tendency of blaming Jews for stupid things. Is he anti-Semitic? I'm not familiar. It's not about him being anti-Semitic. It's about him stoking the fire for idiots that want to believe in anti-Semitism. Mm -hmm. What, what, is he, they start what has with, he said specifically? So they start yeah. off, they start yeah. off with ideas like oh, uh, it's for example. I, I honestly I stay away from him. I don't look at his stuff. I don't read any mm -hmm. of his things. I'm giving a, 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 a an example. I, I don't even what, I don't even know who he is. I've never heard of him. Good, very fine. Well, so. I, 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 <laughs> I I don't want to I, I don't want to talk too much about it. But it's just I'm trying to bring yeah. a point across. You have these 9/11 mm -hmm. deniers who have this weird theory that Israel was behind, Mossad was, a, was behind the attacks of 9-11. Oh, gosh. And then you have all these things happening, one thing or another, and they, they at the end of every single conspiracy theory, thought process, YouTube video, whatever, it mm. always boils down to the Jews or the Mossad or the Israeli governments behind mm. it. And it's just, it's such, it is so nauseating and it's so painful. It, it gets frustrating where it's like, you know, it's just just recently, I think it happened, I think mm -hmm. it actually happened today. So there's a Republican uh, person who's running for governor in mm -hmm. Maryland. Um, mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Dan Cox. Um, yeah, he's a Republican who represents the 4th District and Maryland House of Delegates. He's, mm -hmm. the, the problem is, is that there was a guy or a girl, whoever, I don't know, spray painted, the, went to a, a household, spray painted Cox, and then put a swastika on the mailing box. Now, there's, there's issues of anti-Semitism right now happening in Pennsylvania. What happened? So I know there's- that I, I've heard rumors that said that anti-Semitism was definitely on the rise. Yeah, so so the thing is that there's there's a um, the, I'm trying to remember all the details, but there's a there's a um, a Republican candidate for for governor um, in Pennsylvania who says that a Republican Party is not is for any is not for anyone who is non-Christian. And focuses on saying Jews are not wanted in the Republican Party, and he's a strong candidate for the mm -hmm. Republic uh, for as a Republican governor of Pennsylvania. 
That is really sad. But we get, we, you know, I hate to say what the left too. I mean, we, you know, the um, look, we're, we kind we're, of we're screwed on both ends. That's, both that's, that's coming, we're from, that's both coming ends. from the left. Also, that's coming from the left. The left, but I, the left, you it have makes, plenty it of makes things. me feel very upset when I hear about these Republican candidates that say such things. Because, first of all, I'm a Republican and I became a Republican. I switched parties because I thought that the Republicans um, were more for individual freedoms than obviously, you know, the, the left wingers are. Left wingers tend to be more socialistic slash communistic, more, um, you know, high. High, you know, like I say, high tax social programs type things, high tax and social programs that don't work, type thing. And I thought the Republicans um, basically reflected my values more. So it, it really gets me upset when I hear about a Republican who says such anti-Semitic things. Do they think this guy's got a got a really good chance? Of, did did he get the Republican nomination in the primaries? Right now he's running. Right oh, now he have, is running. Uh huh. They did, but they didn't have the um, they didn't have the primaries yet, did they? Um, I think the primaries happened already, if I'm not mistaken. So was he voted in during the primaries? Is he the Republican candidate for a governor then? It's. I'm reading more. In, I'm reading more into this right now. Mm -hmm. um, but basically, a support so. There's a man named Doug Mastriano who's running for Republican opponent nominee for governor. Mm -hmm. And it took him a long time to respond. But one of his big donors um, was basically, yeah, here it is. He, in defending Mr. Mastriano's ties to Gab in recent days, its founder, Andrew Torba, repeatedly made anti-Semitic remarks and said in one video that neither he nor Mr. Mastriano would give interviews to non-Christian journalists. Um, Mr. Mastriano on Thursday did not condemn Mr. Torba. He blamed Democrats and the media for the controversy. So it, it goes on and on and on, explaining it more and more. Mm -hmm. I don't care to read the article. Uh, if anybody's listening, they want to look into it, they can look into it. Um, but it's just these little things that are popping up mm -hmm. here and there, like more and more. Mm -hmm. um, it's Remember what just... time I was? Yeah, I was thinking about when I when I was in college that time, that um, I was you know in the you know, the student union, mm -hmm. um, you know the social the social hall the student union. Yeah. And some guy walked over to me. He says, Are "You Jewish?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, "Is it true that the Jews killed Yashki?" So mm -hmm. I look around the room and I see all these all these like Catholic kids that I was friends with, like, <laughs> like, like totally standing around us. And I realized, okay, <laughs> these guys, these guys purposely put them up to something's going on, you know, yeah. they're, they're, you know, this guy's looking for a debate. So I thought to myself, I am not going to get involved in any type of theological debate with this guy. So I, Gave him a very hard look and I said, yes, it's true. And if I had my way, if I'd been back there, I wouldn't have stopped with him. I would have kept going while the getting was good. And all <laughs> these Catholic kids just cracked up laughing. That's and funny. his mouth flew open. He goes, I'm being serious. I go, yes, so am I. And you better get out of here because right now you're starting to look real good to me. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez Louise. Oh my gosh. Uh, speaking of which, not college, but it's like, I have an interesting question. 
if you could make one illegal thing legal, what would it be <laughs> and why? <laughs> what would it be and why? You're you're gonna be shocked at this one. Sure, go right ahead. Prostitution. Really? Why? Um, because in countries where it is legal, as in anything else, they're able to regulate it. The mm -hmm. people involved have to register with the government. They have to come in for um, they have to come in for uh, every so often. There's it's it's all you know they have, they're, they're scheduled. They have to come in on a regular basis for total physical checkups. Mm -hmm. They are actually, and they are actually given like cards showing that they've been for a physical checkup, that they are certified by the government. And um, I think it might cut down on um, basically if it's right, if it's, you know what I mean? You hear what I'm talking, what I'm saying. Well, I get it. I get it. I and, think I, and, I th and I think it would also cut down on um, the sex trafficking. Yes. In that, um, you know, not only can we get these people on sex trafficking, but we can get them on illegal prostitution. In other words, the legal people have to register anyone who doesn't, this is illegal. And then, you know, the police can just totally round them up like that. Yeah, it's, I, I really think, and that's why I, I think it was Oregon, Oregon that did this or Washington state, um, that they made all drugs, possession of all drugs legal or decriminalized. All mm -hmm. possession of all drugs decriminalized. Because like you're why are you going after the drug addicts who use it? Yeah. You know, it's 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 the drug dealers. And more yes. than that, why are you making all these substances illegal? Just regulate them mm -hmm. and handle it that way. Because when you made everything illegal, that's when all the organized crime came about. Oh yeah. That's that's what's true. You know, prohibition proved that. Everybody knows that um yeah. during prohibition that oh the um you know, Tom, what was his name? Thomas Naki and, you know. Yes, Nucky uh, Thompson, Nucky Thompson. Yeah, Nicky, Nicky Thompson. Nicky yeah, Thompson, and, Rothstein. Right. Um, Rothstein, all, that's when. Uh, all the good old boys. Oh, that's when the, the organized crime really uh, peaked really took over. It was the golden and, age. I, I always felt like this one doctor was talking about it on the radio and he said, look, he says, why are we criminalizing these people? This is a health issue. Yeah. This is a health issue. And I think, I think one of the reasons a lot of people are afraid also to come for help is because if they come for help, they, may, they, can, they can be arrested for illegal drug use. Exactly, exactly. And it's just, <laughs> it's, it's why it's, it's, again, this is why I, I, I feel in some sense that the government should really start decriminalizing a lot of these drugs. Um, I, I said we need to go after violent criminals. Yeah. That are you know we don't need to we don't need to put we don't need to put honest honest but you know we don't need to put citizens who have like a like a health problem we don't need to put yeah. them in jail. Just like using social workers more to handle more nine one one calls instead of bringing like three cops with guns, you know, like it's it's that's. That's where it gets a little uh, ridiculous, where you have situations where you have people just banging on doors and someone opens up and wonders what's going on, why are these three people here? And then one thing leads to another and they get shot and killed. Mm. Because, if, because you have these guys mm -hmm. that have nine months of training, they're super pumped and trigger happy. Mm -hmm. 
it is what it, like it's wait did you did you hear about what happened here in florida with this uh, a lot of things happened in florida <laughs> no the, the one where they made a mistake as to the eviction notice no did what you hear that one okay no. i guess i guess it's not it wasn't on national news i guess it was like you know just here in florida just local what happened was this woman has a one of those um video ringers mm-hmm. and she hears somebody fidgeting with the lock at her door yeah. this in the middle of the day and she comes up and she goes hello she goes excuse me what are you doing and they said we're here we're here to serve the eviction notice she says what eviction notice she goes i own my house and so they said to her and the guy was what it was the a policeman and a locksmith and the locksmith mm-hmm start is in the middle of like basically st- destroying her lock and taking yeah. it off and then the policeman says what's your name and she said her name and he looked at the paper and he goes oh oh <laughs> <laughs> because we have we have the wrong house <laughs> and so you hear the locksmith go beep and they like bleeped out what the locksmith said and the locksmith said um he says okay well we're going to have to put we're gonna have to replace the lock that i just broke <laughs> yeah yeah but she said that usually that she said in an interview that thank god she was home at that time yeah she said had she not been home they would have taken all their stuff thrown out right she would have come on yeah. her stuff thrown out on the street oh my god yeah. now that would have been a nice lawsuit um yeah it's i i think what that is right hold on mm-hmm. <clears throat> sorry for that you know, I, I think about, I, I think about, you know, when it comes to people doing their job and making mistakes and it's like, I'm, I do my job and like, there's moments where it's like, I'm working on something, like my boss was asking me a question about some work I had to do and some stuff that I think that the engineers worked on that we sent to the, sent to the health department and we're just getting things going like they're like did, did, did the engineers contact you about this project they mentioned the floor sinks blah 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 i'm like yeah we talked but we discussed it like we went over this like i explained it to them and i'm like wait a second is this for project 002 it's like no it's for 003 i'm like oh oh sorry no we not sorry we didn't discuss that <laughs> like i had to <laughs> i had to like go back and now like i like it always gets to me because it's like I, I try I have to have everything perfect. Everything has to be exact. Everything has to have it in order. And when I make mistakes, mm-hmm. I I just hate myself. I just really hate myself because I'm like, ugh, I just I gotta be more professional. But the problem is that human beings, we're not God. We're not God. We don't know everything. So says and you. Hu- <laughs> human beings make mistakes. Human beings make honest mistakes. Where you draw the line is criminal activity someone intending to do harm. But if you're a good, honest person and you're not out to harm, you know, it's impossible, impossible to go through life not making mistakes, period. You, you, of course, you know, we're, we're human beings. We make mistakes. Like, I'll tell you something, I got a call one time from one of the mm-hmm. principals of the school. Yeah. And he says to me, you know, your son is failing every single subject. And I said to him, wait a minute, I said, I, we just got this report card this week. It was all A's and B's. And he says, wait a minute. He goes, whoops, wrong parent. Oh, sh- that's funny. <laughs> I, almost, I almost had a heart attack. I'm like, look, we get, we get A's and B's on this report. What are you talking about? 
I, I have another question for you that I don't think I ever asked you. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, it's, don't worry about it. It's nothing crazy. Okay. What was your favorite toy as a child? Oh, gosh. My hobby horse. Your hobby horse? My hobby horse was in front of the television, and I was constantly, nonstop, riding that hobby horse. Around. I mean, I don't know how, how long, I mean, for hours at a day. In fact, there was one point where I wanted my hobby horse to be bigger, like a big horse. So yeah. I, put, I put my hobby horse on top of the dining room table and got <laughs> on it and rode, rode my hobby horse back and forth. And back. It was one of these horses where it was, I think it was either wood or plastic, and it had these springs that were attached to this frame, and you got on it, you went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Wait a second. Was that hobby horse the one that you still had when we were kids? We went to Bubby and Zadie's and would play with? I'm trying to. There was a hobby horse when we were kids. We go to we would go to Bubby and Zadie's. Was it as I described? Was it was it a brown horse that was on a I, frame with springs? Yes, and that must have been it. I thought I I thought I broke that. You know that might maybe got a second one. Maybe they got a second one. Not my, my my hobby horse. It might have been the one that my parents bought for um, my sister's little girl. Oh, she's, she spent maybe. a lot. Of, my my sister was. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, was was a divorced mother, and she had to work full time. And my mm -hmm. mother, um, her little girl, spent a lot of time at my parents' house. My mother um, took my mother took care of her little girl while she was at work. Yeah, yeah. I remember going to my and Zadie's. Mm -hmm. It was always nice. I always liked it. So that might that might have been the but um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my That's funny. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. So what you were you watching like Howdy Doody or something? I watch Howdy Duty. I watch, oh, I watch Westerns. In fact, I was into Westerns and my parents, I remember there was this one Halloween where I wanted to be a cowgirl for, it was kindergarten, I wanted to be a cowgirl for Halloween. Yeah. My parents bought me a cowgirl's hat and a, and a whole thing, the vest, the skirt, the, the guns and the gun holster and uh, oh, the boots. Man, I, I had the whole kit and caboodle. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, we're slowly running out of time, but I have a uh, another question for you. Uh, what types of people have you no respect for? <laughs> Obnoxious teachers and principals that are trying to pull that they aren't really, how can I say it? They really are not doing their job. They're just trying to lord it over you. They don't know. They don't mean lord it over know, you. They don't, in other words, they don't, they don't know beans about what they're doing, but they're just trying to pull like a power play on you. Like the, um, Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, you're not trying to actually be productive. You're just trying to be like domineering and controlling and you have yes. no respect for me or the, the passion of, of, of children education. You're just on a power trip. Right. So anybody mm -hmm. on a power trip. Yeah. No, I totally get I that. No, uh, I totally have no get respect that. for those people. Yeah. So what conspiracy theory do you believe is 100% true? Um, the, the, uh, the Kennedy assassination. So what, what's your conspiracy theory? Um, well, I remember when it happened. Yeah. And um, uh, the news media, the, there was the Warren report. The Warren report insisted that Lee Harvey Oswald acted totally on his own. Yeah. And that Jack Ruby 
was, acted totally uh, on his own out of compassion for the you know Kennedy family. And there was a um, prosecuting attorney, I think he was from Georgia, if I'm not mistaken, Georgia, mm-hmm. Alabama, from Georgia, named Jim Garrison. Okay. He did a whole television presentation where he did his own investigation. And he showed during that investigation um, all this evidence about how Oswald and Ruby uh, were connected and there was some sort of underground um, uh, organized crime figure Mm -hmm. in, I think in Georgia, that was also connected to the whole thing. And he also brought out, I remember one of the points that he brought out was, has it ever occurred to anybody how many people who know who knew things about the Kennedy assassination have mysteriously died? Interesting. Lee Harvey Oswald, you know, Jack Ruby killed him. Jack Ruby, quote unquote, died in prison of pneumonia. Oh. Mm-hmm. Remember that. And Jim Garrison eventually had enough evidence that he actually he got a grand jury conviction against this organized crime figure in Georgia as being part of the conspiracy. Oh, wow. And, you know, the, there was um, the famous female journalist, Dorothy Kilgallen, who she investigated the Kennedy assassination and she was just about to make some very pertinent information public mm-hmm. and she mysteriously died. Oh, wow. Right before she was gonna go public with her investigation. So why do you think he got shot? One, um, I was reading a book that came out many years later that was exploring different ideas. One was um, Castro. Mm. Also, you know, there was um, combination Castro. um, Kennedy also was very big on going after organized crime. Mm -hmm. Uh, I said, Lee Harvey Oswald, even though at that time there was a travel restriction on going to Russia, Lee Harvey Oswald was able to go back and forth between yeah. the United States and Russia very, very freely. I've heard, Har- I've heard about like Russia. I heard a thing where it's like Russia got Lee Harvey Oswald to kill the Kennedy, to, uh, kill, kill Kennedy. But if they discovered it or if the media found out, it would force a nuclear war at the time and they didn't want to have a nuclear war. That's what I, that's mm-hmm. the theory that I heard. I don't, I, that's the first time I've heard of that theory. But um, Lee Harvey Oswald was seen in Jack Ruby's nightclub the night before the assassination and he and Jack Ruby were talking. Mm. Also, one of the things that Jim Garrison brings out, Jim Garrison showed footage of Lee Harvey Oswald being transferred from the jail to the federal authorities. Mm-hmm. And he and there was a big crowd there. Now, um, and they said, if you look at Lee Harvey Oswald's eyes, as they're bringing him out, he looks right at Jack Ruby. Like as he knows soon as they bring on. him out. Mm-hmm. Also, when they arrested Lee Harvey Oswald, yeah. the first thing he said when they arrested him was, I was uh, a patsy. patsy. I, I was, was a patsy. patsy. Yeah. Yep. And also the police officer, the, I remember my parent, my mother crying about the poor innocent police officer that he also killed. Evidently, that police officer that came out later was part of the group. He was supposed to drive Lee Harvey Oswald to the airport. Mm. And well, that was the plan. Yeah. But instead he was driving him somewhere else. 
And wow. when Lee Harvey Oswald realized that he had been set up, he and this, yeah, he pulled out his gun and shot the and shot the police officer. All right. So I have one more question. What is the word of the day? What? What do you mean word of the day? What is the word of the day? I don't know. What is the word of the day? I've never, I didn't even know there was a word of the day. Eva, tell me. You tell me. What is the word of the day? Word of the day is dress. I finally found a dress for your brother's wedding. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. That, and that's a whole story in itself. Maybe we'll talk about that next time. We'll talk yeah, about that next yeah. time. Picking out dresses for weddings. Uh, yes. Uh, weddings. <laughs> All right, Eva. I love you. Have a wonderful Shabbos. You too. Have a great Shabbos, honey. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. You can find us on YouTube and Facebook at Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. I know you would like it, and my mother would too.